Blog Talk Radio. This is Over the Top Sports Radio Show, hosted by Robbie D, Big Mike, and Vinny the Shark. And 10.30 on Saturday morning, and uh, happy uh, Memorial Day weekend to everybody from Over the Top Sports Radio, and thank you for tuning in as we get ready to uh, have a three-day weekend, four-day weekend for some people, too, and we uh, thank you guys for starting with us, doing a little bit of an echo, if I could fix that, thank you. Okay, well, I heard the echo. I heard But uh, anyway, talking sports for the next 90 minutes, getting you guys all set for the weekend to come, and uh, talking about the week that was in the NFL with uh, kneeling. Uh, the NFL came out with the ruling. We have to get into that. Uh, NBA playoffs have been awesome. We're going to get into that in just a minute. Of course, the Stanley Cup Finals get started on Monday night, and everything baseball. Mike's got the fantasy for you as well, uh, talking about all of that. I want to say to you guys a happy anniversary. This week, uh, we had our one-year anniversary of our first show on Over the Top Sports Radio on the 22nd, so four days ago. So we've been doing it for a year. Somehow, uh, we stayed together. We stayed on. No fisticuffs have been thrown. But uh, hopefully, we're uh, with you guys for another year or so or even more. A couple solid guests. Yeah, a couple solid guests. And uh, definitely, if you look at show number one to where we got now, we've come a long way. So I can imagine what another year will do. We had three, uh, and three music breaks the first show, Rob. Three music breaks, and we were all doing it from our phones at our yep, respective yep. houses. And... Uh, and now, you know, they're making sure with your credit card that we don't go anywhere, so we, <laughs> we, just we may have no fine. choice. But uh, 646-716-5403, that's 646-716-5403 is the phone number. Give us a call. We'd love to talk about sports with you in the next 90 minutes. Uh, we start with the NBA. Uh, LeBron James did what everybody knew that he was going to do last night, just what we expect the Golden State Warriors to do tonight, and that's force a game seven. And uh, 46 points last night from LeBron, who, of course, had to get hurt because there always has to be some drama involved with LeBron. But regardless, he got the job done, and now we have them going back to Boston, where the Celtics have not lost a game yet in the playoffs. Yeah, I don't know which was more inevitable, because uh, they both pretty much are, whether the, the Warriors winning tonight, game six at home, or the Cavs winning game six at home. You knew um, you have a pretty good feeling these games are going game seven, which is pretty good for the NBA, because naturally you didn't see them going game seven the way they are. I had the Warriors winning in five, and now uh, they can only win in seven games. LeBron, I had him taking it in seven. But what's interesting about the series is the home team has prevailed in every single game in the Cavs and Boston series. So um, the Celtics are actually minus two favorites. LeBron is an underdog going into a game seven against a superstar list team, Boston Celtics. So that's going to be a pretty good game tomorrow night. And uh, listen, we all knew LeBron was going to hold down home court last night, and he did, and he played well. He did his little injury dramatics like he's been doing. Uh, maybe he'll cramp up tonight and come back, and ESPN will hail him. But um, it should be a pretty good game, minus two spread. I think the Cavs are going to finally break the trend and actually win on the road, and LeBron's going to go back to the NBA Finals yet again. LeBron James was awesome. Absolutely awesome. And I hate LeBron James. But this and – and listen, Jordan was much better than LeBron James. But this is the closest to Michael Jordan that we are seeing and we're going to see for a long time. There is nobody that can take over a game in today's NBA like LeBron James. You want to say Curry can score 50 points or uh, whoever can score 50 points, fine. But LeBron rebounds. He uh, passed the ball. 
He was stealing the ball still late in the, in the quarter, in the fourth quarter. He had 46 points, nine assists, 11 rebounds. He was absolutely ridiculous. And uh, he, he completely took the game over. He's been doing video game numbers. Honestly, I mean, it's, you're, you got a video game guy. You go out there, you have the best player, you're playing against the computer, and you know you could just dominate. And he's doing it every single game. I don't want to take anything away from it all. I could do without the dramatics, though. The guy always is wincing, he's limping, he's down. It's like a, it's like a big game to him he right now. He sells his injuries, he cries for calls. He'd be a great wrestler. Yeah, he would. He would. He would, honestly. But uh, listen, Mike, honestly, what Mike said, he is the closest thing to Michael Jordan. He's not Michael Jordan, but we are not going to see a player in the same breath as Michael Jordan as we are with LeBron James, whether you like him or not. And LeBron James, sorry, Rob, is 5-2 and two in Game 7s. We tweeted it yesterday that Boston really wanted to end it yesterday. Five and two in game sevens, Vinny. I am with you. I love the Cavs tomorrow night. And I love the home field. I love the home court. I'm Boston is one and seven on the road in the playoffs. They're undefeated at home. <clears throat> home courts prevailed. I don't know why. I don't know how you can bet against LeBron. And you guys are obviously the smarts between the three of us, according. You know, I just don't see how Boston, who's been so dominant at home, I just don't know if LeBron has it in him one more game all by himself on the road. That's what you gotta ask but if anybody could do it, game. it's him. That's what you got to ask yourself. You're betting the game. Do you want to take the team that hasn't lost at home, or do you want to take the best player? And uh, the answer is the best player. Somebody asked me the other day. First of all, they had made a bet before the series, a prop bet that paid, I think, like seven, seven and a half to one. Um, they they laid out a hundred. They would have won seven fifty. Uh, that the Celtics would win in six games. So they were really hoping that Boston could get it done last night. That would have been a nice hit. Um, but of course, it didn't happen. And I just said, you know, I was always told by somebody, you don't bet against Tom Brady. But are we getting to the point now where you can't bet against LeBron James? Not in the Eastern Conference. Once you get to the NBA Finals, then you can bet against them. Because whoever wins uh, Houston Rockets, the Golden State Warriors, they're taking the whole entire thing. LeBron seems not strong enough to go against the stars that the Houston Rockets and the Golden State Warriors possess. What was the spread in Game 5, do you know? For uh, Rockets Warriors? No, no, for Boston and Cleveland. The last game in Boston. Do you remember? Um, I think it was – actually, I'm not sure. Because right now, Boston is just two-point favorites tomorrow night. Right. And I feel like they were bigger favorites the re- earlier in the series. But I just don't remember. I felt like maybe you guys know a little bit more. I thought I saw four and a half. I thought I saw them, you know, giving more points. Um, and the game seven really has to be on the betters' minds with LeBron if it's only down to two It's now. been a series I've been staying away, putting my money on, because you just don't really know what's going to happen. Naturally, the home court prevailed. But um, you can't really bet against LeBron. And there are certain games, obviously three of them, where you didn't think he was going to win, and you still can't bet against them. I have enough respect for him in that aspect where uh, I haven't been betting too much on the series. What about the coaching aspect? Um, you know Stevens is one of the better coaches, and he's up there right now with the top three or four coaches in the league, you'd have to say. Um, and Tyron Lue, uh, basically, it's just let LeBron go do his thing. Uh, is, do you give them any you know edge in, in the coaching right now, or is this really just LeBron versus the home court? Tyron Lue has the easiest job in the world, and he is not the coach of the Cleveland Cavaliers. It is certainly LeBron James who is the coach of this team. So Tyron Lue, I give no respect to. You have never seen LeBron James play with an NBA coach that actually has some value to him. That is actually some, some, a resume behind him. You just don't see that. He always had terrible coaches. David Blatt, um, what's his name, uh, Spolstra from the Heat. He was a nobody until uh, they formed a super team over there. Uh, Mike Brown, he really didn't do anything until he got LeBron on his team. So LeBron James just doesn't play with good coaches, and that's why he has Tyron Lue. Obviously, when it comes to the coaching aspect, Brad Stevens is taking LeBron James the king to seven games when um, Terry Rozier is his best player. And Mike just showed me uh, something interesting. Boston was, in their home games, uh, plus uh, 
on minus one and a half. Um, they were even. I mean, it was zero as a pick em in game two, and then uh, plus uh, minus one in game one. And when they went to oh, Cleveland, plus one. So they, went to Cleveland, they were one. getting seven or eight points, too, so it shows you the difference in the uh, love for the Cavaliers. Six more, and a half and seven. Uh, disrespect right to the Celtics, yep. according to the uh, Vegas lines. So, um, I mean, this is a, a series. It's been weird with everybody winning on home court, but now you get the epic game seven, and there's a chance that you're going to get a game seven tonight. And I was certain that Cleveland was winning last night. Right. But not as certain as I am that Golden State tonight is going to absolutely trounce Houston. I think, uh, especially with no Chris Paul, the Rockets have no shot whatsoever. Uh, the Warriors are big-time favorites tonight. They're minus 12 points in the playoff game against the number one seed. But uh, with so no Chris to go Paul, to the finals. Yeah, and they're, and they're trailing. Um, number one seed, Rockets. Uh, no Chris Paul, though. That's a big, big problem. The Warriors are at like a minus 900 money line. This is a lock that the Warriors are not going to lose to the Oracle. I was blown away that they lost in the Oracle in Game 4. But uh, Chris Paul literally carried the victory for the Rockets in Game 5. He's not going to be there in Game 6. And if he's not going to be there in Game 7, the Rockets have no shot of closing out this series. So the, that injury is a very, very crucial one. But the Warriors are an absolute lock for tonight. Completely agree. The series price, guys, now with Chris Paul out tonight and uh, questionable if there is a Game 7. Golden State is minus 170 for the series. They are down 3-2 to two and is somehow still minus 170. Houston plus 150. And I actually took the bet yesterday, and I got it at Warriors minus 130. So you so took every, the Warriors yeah, to win the last two games? Everybody, that means now, is putting their money on Golden State to win the next two games. How important has it been? Um, I mean, what's the state? Uh, the, the former Finals MVP being out. What the heck's his name? The, the former Sixer. Iguodala. Iguodala. Yeah. How important has that been? I mean, that I mean, the Warriors the down the stretch of these games. It's crucial. Without him, I feel like they're they're dropping the ball because they could have won the game. They lost the two games he's missed, so it's obviously a big deal. But Chris Paul's injury can actually outweigh that one. But they need Iguodala back because he might not light up the the score sheet. He doesn't put up all those points. But this guy plays defense, and when the Golden State Warriors cause turnovers, <laughs> you know what they, the turnovers turn into. They turn into points, and they can score at a rapid pace. And Iguodala is the guy who really makes that happen. He's a big energy guy on that team. He does everything, and when he's hitting shots, he's a deadly player out there. He contributes so much to this team. Very, very, very underrated player. Uh, they need him back, and they need him back big time for Game 7 more than tonight. We talked about coaching a little bit in the other series, and in this series, I just feel like Steve Kerr's done a terrible job. But you could also see how important role players stepping up are and making a coach look good. Steve Kerr and John Paxson hit the shots that Quinn Cook missed the other, missed the other night, and that helped – Michael Jordan, and it helped Phil Jackson's legacy because they don't win all those games without Paxton and Kerr hitting those shots. Cook gets the shot here in the end of game five. He misses it, and it makes Kerr look like, what are you doing trying to be cute? Get the ball to Durant. Get the ball to Curry. Instead, it's Cook, and it was uh, Draymond Green getting the ball in their final two possessions, and it came up empty, and that's he, how they lost the game. He was blown away that he had that opportunity. He hesitated for a second. He had the shot right away. When you hesitate in the NBA, it doesn't matter if you're an open shot or how good of a shooter you are. You, your shots, your percentage of making that shot diminish. You cannot hesitate when you have the shot. You have to take it. You can't play mind games with yourself. He paused for a little there. He should have shot that immediately. He looked around because he knew I'm not the guy who's taking the shot on this team. What are you giving it to me for? It looked like he was shooting a medicine ball. (laughs) He was like, whoa, this isn't normal basketball. You can tell. You can tell he was not expecting that ball and that shot to be there for him. I feel like in the fourth quarter, too, you see Golden State kind of live or die by the three ball, which is just unacceptable. You need to see Durant driving more, Curry driving more. We talked about this the other day, just talking about it. Uh, the, the shot selection come the fourth quarters, it sucks. It's not good at all. I think 
there was one time Curry drove to the net the other night and got the end one, and they ended up losing that game. And he got a look at the end on a, a nonsense call where they put an extra .3 seconds on the clock, and they had a chance to actually tie it. But they are not driving the ball in the fourth quarter to the hoop, and they keep relying on these outside shots that they're not hitting. Golden State is notorious for taking bad shots, Mike. They just think they could do anything, isolate and hit any shot on their own. They don't. They go in the fourth quarter. They don't get their teammates involved. Clay Thompson was their hottest shooter. They he was a ghost in the fourth quarter. Not because he didn't touch the ball. Well, I mean, exactly because he didn't touch the ball. They didn't get him the ball. Whenever he got the ball, he actually put it through the net. And they should have alluded to him. They should have gone through him because he was their offense. But instead, they just kept doing Kevin Durant isos, and they kept trying to do everything on their own. The ball movement was not there. And that's something Andre Iguodala brings as well. Do we all agree that Durant's the best player in the NBA, not named LeBron James? Yes. I agree with that. Do we agree that Stephen Curry is the best shooter in the NBA? Yes. I agree with that. So why are those two guys not getting the ball in the final minutes? You, you just can't let these guys like, you know, Draymond, who's a very good player, but he's not the big scorer. He's, it's so nice of a luxury to have Durant and Curry. None of them, you know, if one's double teamed, the other's going to be open. Or they both can't be double teamed at least. It's so nice to have that luxury. You've got to find a way to draw up a play for one of those guys to get the final shot. And there's going to come a time now, one more time it's going to come. It's not going to be the next. Tonight's going to be blowout, but it might be game seven. Maybe there'll be a moment in the finals, though. I don't know. They might be blowing away these teams in the East in the finals. But I think there's going to be one more time where they have that final shot and they've got to find a boy to get the ball in their hands. Stephen Curry is putting up 35 points tonight because Chris Paul is not guarding him. Chris Paul is a very underrated player, a very underrated defenseman, I mean. And with no Chris Paul in this game, Steph Curry is going to go off. And I don't think Curry's playing game seven either. Uh, you know, that's just a hunch. But there's been reporters out there saying on Twitter. Paul, right? I'm sorry. Who did I say? Curry. I'm sorry. Uh, Chris Paul, I don't think he's playing game seven either. The hamstring appeared to be bad. There's reporters out there saying that he has a severe limp, and uh, I just can't see it. I don't want to be guarding Stephen Curry and Clay Thompson with that hamstring. And when you have James Harden, who was absolutely brutal, and they won without it. I mean, that was all Chris Paul in that game. What did he go, 0 for 10 from downtown? Uh, 3, yep. Um, 0, for, 0 for 11, and he was 5 of 21 from the field for Harden. You've got to step it up, and tonight's going to be a new point. Tonight they might as well just take the game off and hope that they can have the extra legs for game seven. They really should. They really should because – but you can't win when he shoots like that. Even if Chris Paul comes back, they're not doing it again. CP3 was heroic in that game. The shot clock was down. He hit every shot no matter how tough it was. He's the shortest guy in the court shooting over people five inches taller than him, and he was banging it out the shot clock. That is draining for a, a team like the Warriors going against that. And that's exactly why I took the Warriors for the series, guys, because I think they win tonight easily. And it's not going to be minus 130 or 170 for game seven. It's going to be over 200 easy. I don't know if it's going to be over 200. I think it's going to be pretty close to that 130. Do you really? I do. Well, uh, game five was what? The, uh, the Rockets were no, the Warriors were minus one and a half for game five, I believe. Uh, it's going to be right around that. I think uh, the 130, you're, I think you're saving yourself probably $10 on it, honestly. I can't see the Warriors money line in game seven on the road. With no Chris any, Paul either? The, if, no Chris Paul changes that. Okay. So if you're, if you uh, you definitely got a bargain if Chris Paul is out game seven. But if he's playing, I do not see that money line being any higher than minus 150. Very interesting. And is this uh... – so is this going to be Cleveland? You think it's going to be Cleveland and Golden State like you had all along? Yes, and it's, it took a, a, it's a hat from opening tip. I was going to say, it's, it's a, a hat from last year. <laughs> it definitely gave you a lot of uh, agita. This wasn't as easy as you thought it was going to I'm be. Glad, um, yeah, I'm glad it got a little suspenseful, I'll tell you that. Well, the NBA playoffs, I mean, they're a bore until you get to, like, the final four teams where you know that these are the teams that should be there. And if we're going to get two game sevens out of it, the NBA couldn't be happier. You can't complain about game seven whether you like the sport or not. That's so game one, guys, was two and a half. Game uh, two was two, and then it went to, in Golden State, seven and a half, seven and a half. And game five was what, one and a half? Uh, it says two here. Two, so, okay. Yeah. And what's today? You said nine and a half? 
Uh, tonight's first 12. 12, 12. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, enjoy it, though. Um, get you ready for the Game 7. And, of course, uh, tomorrow – oh, my God. <laughs> I'm sorry. I... <laughs> oh, I could have done that. I wish that was on Facebook Live. Right um, I remember this, too. But, anyway, uh, yeah, so that's the NBA uh, beat. Is this LeBron's last chance in uh, Cleveland? That'll be what everybody starts talking about whenever his team gets eliminated. Uh, could have been last night. He made sure that it was not his last game in Cleveland, no matter what happens with him in the offseason that it wasn't last night, pushing 50 points um, and willing his team to a win. And the last time he uh, left Cleveland, his last game was against the Boston Celtics in the Boston Garden, the TD Garden, whatever you want to call it. Wow. And uh, we might be seeing a little foreshadow of that, but I do not think it's going to happen. And as far as uh, Houston Warriors, guys, what are your picks on that? I said uh, that I have Golden State winning in seven now. I have Golden State. I had them winning the whole thing. I will not bail them out now. I will not bail on them. I got Golden State winning the next two and the whole entire thing. The whole entire show. I mean, Golden State's going to win this tonight by a, a bunch. But if Chris Paul's not 100%, I don't see Houston having a chance. I actually have to say, if Chris Paul was healthy, I might go with the home team in Game 7. But, uh, you know, you've seen so many weird things in sports lately. We're about to get to the Washington Capitals and how they've just basically gotten rid of all the myths and all the um, hyperbole about them. But uh, without a healthy Chris Paul, there's no way that the Warriors are going to lose the next two games. I think I, I would have made the same bet you made, Mike. Um, speaking of the NHL, Stanley Cup Finals get underway on Monday night, Memorial Day. Um, and I guarantee you, you will not find anybody on social media or on any website or anybody that has any idea what they're talking about that before the season started had a Golden Knights Washington Capitals Stanley Cup Final. Uh, but this week uh, they made sure of it. And the Capitals were so impressive. And there's a lot of hate for Washington in the show on all four of us. There's a lot of hate for them, and you hate them even more now because I said it to Vinny the other day. You know, I've spent years talking about how much the Capitals are choke artists, how the whole city of Washington, D.C. is choke artists in the playoffs. Years I've said it, but nobody was listening. I come here, we get a podcast, I preach it here, and now they make me look like an ass because they just did an awesome job. <laughs> and I bailed on Alex Ovechkin. This guy's my favorite player. I liked him before I liked the NHL itself. itself. And uh, here I am trolling him every single game. I'm not even happy that he's in the, the Stanley Cup Finals for once, finally getting his opportunity to win a ring because of this expansion team that has come in and just been such a wonderful story. Yeah, good for Ovechkin. This is somebody, Rob, that can score 40 goals and also throws the body around, too. And not uh, necessarily a good defensive player, but uh, he throws the body any chance that he gets, and I appreciate that. Um, and listen, you know, you want to say uh, his numbers in Game 7s weren't very good. They weren't, but he scored two minutes in, which gave a, a huge sigh of relief to his team uh, in Game 7. And then they dominated the rest of the way to shut down Tampa Bay and shut them out in Tampa Bay in Game 7. It's impressive. It is. And game six. Right. So they're facing elimination and never gave up another goal. Yeah. Capitals are definitely the more physical team in game six and seven, for sure. They were, they were more physical. They were a little bit quicker. And they had all the pressure on them. And you know what? It looked like Tampa was a team that was pressing. Tampa is a very talented offensive team. Their power play was garbage. Their penalty kill wasn't good. Vasilevsky, who was 6-7, just couldn't make saves that I thought he should have had to make. That Ovechkin fluttering shot. From the spot you know he's going to shoot it from, you're 6'7". You just got to get over and let it hit your body. Somehow it fluttered by him. Uh, that just set the tempo. A lot of blue seven. shirts on that team. A lot of former blue shirts. Yeah, and a lot of former captains, to be honest with you. And yeah. that's, um, that's really is, what's so surprising is a, a team that can't get up for game seven. It's really just – it's surprising. And if you're a Tampa Bay fan, you want to talk about a letdown. I mean, that's a complete letdown. 
the amount of leadership on that team, and you don't score even a goddamn goal. Um, the letdown for they they did not protect their home ice uh, game seven. You got to win that game, and they had a prime opportunity, won three straight in a row, and then they couldn't close out either two. You had the feeling the Caps were going to come out strong in game six, but you had to keep your head up and play, and they got shut out on their home ice in game seven. There is nothing worse than seeing that as a home fan. Was it you that sent me the Stamco stat earlier this week? No. Somebody sent me a Stamco stat in game sevens. Um, I got to find it. But if you thought that Ovechkin was bad, oh, he's the worst. I did see that. He has the worst. Maybe I put it in the chat or something. I, I just forget. Somebody sent it to me, and then mm-hmm. I started sending it out. Um, he has the worst stats you could ever have in game sevens. And this is Steven Stamkos. This is a franchise player. He's number one overall pick. He's the face of that franchise. Um, I, I'm not going to find it right now, but they're just terrible. Maybe, Goon, if you can look up Stamkos' career game seven stats. Uh, absolutely brutal. And you know what? Soon enough, he's going to have to have a little bit of the uh, moniker that Ovechkin had. But it didn't have to be him, Rob. And I get what you're saying with that. He's the franchise player. But you mentioned, and it's true, there is so much scoring talent on that team. And they all dropped the ball. They really did. Kucherov, Gord, Point, um, even the defense, Hedman, Zergachev. There are offensive weapons on this team, and they did not get the job done. Oh, you're 100% right, JT Miller. Anybody. These anybody. guys are so talented. I mean, they should be able to score with anybody. Yep. And they didn't. And Credit to Braden Holpe. You brought it up when Braden Holpe was the starting goalie after uh, Grubauer got the start against Columbus. Everything changed. True. The whole tempo, everything changed. And the other thing that I liked that we put it on Twitter, which was awesome, every time the Washington Capitals lost a game, they had to have somebody do the hot skate. One person from each team would do the lap around the rink. The whole team would watch. And, uh, you know, kind of motivating. And the guy that did the, uh, the lap game seven day, head coach, Barry Trost, and the team went nuts for it. It, uh, it was pretty cool. And you got to imagine Brendan Hopey is the guy there now, 100%, because he played excellent. And uh, series prices for this one, the Golden Knights are the favorites at minus 140. When they open up the season, it's 500 to 1 odds to win the Stanley Cup. They are now favorited to win the Stanley Cup now that they hear Washington Capitals plus 110. You can say that all you want, but I'm picking Washington. They keep defining the odds. They keep doing everything they're not supposed to do. Mike, I know that they're your Vegas Golden Knights. It's so hard to pick against them, and I'm rooting for them. And there you go. Everybody's going to say, oh, Rob, you can't be wrong. But I've been on this Washington thing, and I hate it. But they keep winning, and they keep doing what they're not supposed to do. And and I, I think they might be able to pull out one more time. They weren't supposed to win any of these series. I will go with the Vegas Golden Knights in seven games. Wow, that would be awesome. As much as I will be rooting for the Vegas Golden Knights, um, Alex Ovechkin is going to get his first ring. I think the Capitals are coming in with uh, exactly the right mindset, the right attitude, and the right momentum to uh, get this thing done. I think they are the better team on paper, naturally. And um, I just I think they're going to get it done. I think they'll get it done in, uh, let's go, six games. You guys aren't respecting Vegas again. This is the same thing with the L.A. Kings and you guys. All the Kings have won cups before. You guys are not respecting what happens in that Vegas building. This is not the same thing as the Kings. The Kings have won cups before. Washington has won shit before. I'll right. And you're giving them more credit, if, the same credit. If we had Capitol fans to listen to us, they would be calling and wanting me Rob's heads right now, taking them right now, because they don't want us picking those guys after what we were doing, or at least what I've been doing on this show, uh, trolling Washington <laughs> Caps. But I have my Alex Ovechkin T-shirt ready, and I'm ready to rock it. Um, I'm sorry for what I did to them all in the top of playoffs, but um, – I think it's going to happen, but naturally, I'll be rooting for Vegas, to be honest with you. I just, How could my, you money, my money is going to be on Washington. If you're not a Capitals fan, you can't root against Vegas. How could you? And there's so many people out there that are so mad at this, saying that the NHL rigged it. We talk about it time and time again. The NHL didn't rig anything. Nobody picked them. If the NHL rigged it before the season, everybody would be like, 
wow, that's such a great team. How can an expansion team be this good? They're going to make the playoffs. Not one person said that, so shut up with that. Not even their own coach or their owner said that. No, said they that. said they have a three-year plan just to yeah. make the playoffs. He's like, we'll make the playoffs in three years, and then we're, we're going to be in it to win it in five to six. And Marc-Andre Fleury <laughs> came, and he goes, I'm old. I'm not waiting six years to win a Stanley Cup. And they're actually doing it. Hall of Famer. Hall of Famer, Marc-Andre Fleury. He is elite. <laughs> he is. Not like Joe Flacco, either. Oh, no, he's actually a Hall of Famer. Rob, they had five starting goalies this season, the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, Knight. four in the time. first month. Yeah, and this is just a team that has overcome everything. We Can talked you name about it? it? Oh, you day. probably just looked. I did look okay. it up, so I, I don't want to do that. But um, this is a team we mentioned it the other day. William Carlson hadn't scored double-digit goals until this season. Uh, you know, Jonathan Marcel, I can't pronounce his name. You Marchessel. Yeah, Marchessel, Rob. This is somebody that scored 30 goals in Florida last year, but this is somebody that Florida didn't protect, and they actually uh, gave away another player to them. I wrote it down. Not just another player, day. Riley Smith, there it who's is. been Smith. awesome. So this is a team of misfits. It is. This is a team uh, of players that nobody, uh, that their teams didn't want. I don't want to use the term that I did the other day that nobody wanted. This is a team that they're up of, made up of players that their they're own teams misfits. did not want. They are. And, that's and they, they are going themselves. to be the Stanley Cup champions. They called themselves in their group chat of their players before the season started. They named the group chat the Golden Misfits because nobody wanted them. And you know who Riley Smith and Jonathan Marchessault's coach was, right? Gerard Gallant. Gerard Gallant in Florida. The, when they played the Islanders in that series, the Islanders actually won. Florida had a good team. They had over 100 points that year. Um, and that was the team. Riley Smith had an awesome playoff series. And for some reason, Gerard Gallant got fired in the middle of the next season. And uh, now look what he's doing. And you remember when he was fired, what happened to him? No. You guys remember what went viral about Gerard Gallant? Nope. Maybe Goon can find this. He got fired after a road game. I do. Uh, and they road. kicked him off the team bus. Yes. And there's pictures out there of him waiting for a taxi cab when he got fired, holding all of his personal belongings because he wasn't on the team bus anymore. <laughs> and now, you know, the joke's on the Panthers. I think something else that is getting overlooked, Rob, is George McPhee is responsible for a lot of this Washington Capitol roster. And uh, he drafted Ovechkin Backstrom. Uh, you know, he's put together 55% of this roster easily. And now he's put together this entire Vegas Knight roster. So, uh, and they're pretty, playing against his old team. Right. Pretty pretty special if you're George McPhee to see both teams that you've had a, a big hand in now in the Stanley Cup final. <laughs> and, and who did he work for in between? I'm not going to say. <laughs> well, they're not playing. Okay, <laughs> they, they had a good week getting Lou Lamarillo. But the one team that McPhee's worked for in between, of course, is the one team that is not playing and was nowhere near even the playoffs this year, much less the Stanley the Cup finals. That's part, a good point. The coolest part of the Vegas Knights if they win the Stanley Cup will be the celebration on the Vegas Strip. Their parade would be on the Vegas Strip, past oh all those casinos. It'll yeah. be a madhouse. I would there. love to be there. Yeah, imagine how cool that would be, just seeing their floats around uh, all these billion-dollar casinos. That would be pretty crazy. And like I said um, a couple times, Mike said it too, um, with, with what that city went through. And then when you go back and look at the World Series, look what Houston went through with the hurricane. And what they did, and they picked up the city, and then they won the World Series. And now with the tragedy in Las Vegas, they're picking up their city and going to the Stanley Cup Finals in their inaugural season. Um, yeah, it's just pretty special. And, oh, God, a Vegas strip. I would watch that. I would watch it live oh, yeah. on my oh, channel. Right, yeah. I don't watch all the parades that aren't my teams. My body tingles whenever I see the strip on a movie. So yeah, I, I watch it. I'm just like, <laughs> Vegas, Vegas. I got, I got a little... And it's just like, you know, a little bit. So, real quick, going back to the Stamkos game sevens, he is 3-3 three and three in his career with zero points in all those games. Wow. I mean, you got to get a secondary assist by accident, right? Oh, that's just like enough making fun of me at the game yeah. sevens. I found this guy now. 
Um, Ovechkin and I said it before, and I picked them to win Game Seven when I saw the Barry Trotz thing. You got we were talking about making two. When I saw that Trotz thing, it was just something special. Not only did he skate around the ice and do his lap, he got on the knee at the end. Yeah. Of, apparently, I've never seen it before. Why would I? But Ovechkin gets on his one knee at the end of it, and does this little pump, and fat sixty-five-year-old Barry yep. Trotz did it himself. And when you see that, that to me was just like, all right, they're not losing tonight. They're just not losing tonight. They were so relaxed. Rob, a reporter asked him about it, and he said, what was my time? And they told him, and he said, well, I'm only four seconds slower than Connor McDavid. <laughs> this was a team going into game seven, just so cool, calm, and collected. And while you were on that, me and Mike were drawing up Caps Collapse t-shirts, which are now, are not, not going to be a waste of time. time. <laughs> thank God he didn't order them. Yeah, thank God. Because <laughs> I would have been a collapse because they had the 2 nothing series lead on the road, and then right. they lost three straight, and then they won the last two. So, you know, it also tells you, you know, maybe sometimes in sports, and I know, Mike, I kind of gave the Rangers some flack a couple of years ago when I said maybe they should trade Lundqvist, and I really believed it. And it turned out that maybe it would have been the best thing. But sometimes you think a team is past their window. Everybody thought Washington's window was closed with this group. You give them one more year, and in this case, it worked out. And look at, I mean, look what a goalie can do for you. Look at Vegas, the perfect example. Marc-Andre Fleury's old, and look at the collection of players, and look how they're there. So that's why I'm perfectly fine with the Rangers keeping Lundqvist till whenever he wants to retire. He deserves to retire with the Rangers. And he wants to retire with the Rangers. And the other thing with Fleury is Pittsburgh was – Ten and uh, nine and one in playoff series against Washington. Who was Pittsburgh's goalie that whole time? So now we get the Flurry versus Capitals right. again. Flurry versus Ovechkin. We've seen it year in year out. James Neal also. So you, you talked about the McPhee thing. That's awesome. And you talked about that. And now how about Flurry? So a lot of you know little storylines in the Stanley Cup final. I think it's going to be exciting. One of the most exciting things you're going to see right off the bat Monday night, eight o'clock. What is Las Vegas' pregame introduction going to be? They blew up a, a they blew up a jet when they were playing Winnipeg. <laughs> so what are they gonna do to the uh, building in DC? So they gotta be very tasteful. But what are they gonna do? Going on there. <laughs> uh, game one odds: the Vegas Golden Knights are minus one thirty favorites. The Capitals are plus one ten, just like they are overall in the whole entire series. The over under, Rob, you've been huge on these overs. It's five and a half. The over is positive payout, plus one hundred five. I yeah. like the under. Really? Vegas, yeah, the Vegas playing. Vegas, exactly. It's game one, and Vegas in Vegas, uh, you know, that neutral zone trap, Rob, they just lull you to sleep. I like the under. I'm not saying to bet the over. I'm saying it's a crime to ever bet the under in a hockey game. I'm not the shark. Can't bet the under in almost – unless you get well, six, maybe. Seven. Yeah, and it's six, but at five and a half, you're going to get screwed by that empty netter every single time you bet I got to do some research. Maybe Goon can find it. Um, it's probably hard stat to find. All-time game seven hockey unders. Okay. I bet the uh, percentage, percentage hit on the under is uh, over 60%, I would say. Because I just feel like everybody put their bodies in that net. Yep, nobody wants to give up that goal. And even, even this in order to get it, you got to squeeze it through four guys, and the goalie can't see it where it goes through. And you, if I told you Washington is going to score four goals in Tampa, you would have bet the over every time. 100%. I did not see a shutout. They got shut out, so yeah. the under still hit. But uh, either way, it's going to be fun. So the next couple of nights on your holiday weekend, you got a game six with the best team in basketball against the second best team in basketball, basically playing for the championship right now. Tomorrow you got game seven with the best player in basketball since Michael Jordan. And on Monday night, you might have a Game 7 in, Golden, in uh, Houston Golden State and Game 1 of the Stanley Cup Finals, not to mention Major League Baseball. 
So um, Labor Day, I mean, Labor Day, Memorial Day, Fourth of July, you got all the one o'clock games. So while you're barbecuing, while you're in the pool, while you're at the beach, watching the air show, no matter what you're doing, you maybe have your radio out, you got your app out on your phone, you're listening or following up with the baseball score. So an awesome baseball, an awesome sports weekend uh, for you. A couple uh, hockey uh, things to close with is Quinn is finally the Rangers head coach. Mike is a Rangers fan. Uh, this is the guy that I know you were happy about when uh, they signed him. I was. I want somebody, Rob, that can teach. Uh, they're a young team. This is somebody that I think can teach. This is somebody that uh, uh, has not been around the, the NHL and, uh, you know, that veteran guy and, uh, you know, that really with, uh, is good with the veteran players. No, this is somebody that's going to teach the game to the young kids. And that's what they are. The Rangers are a young team. They have two first-round picks coming up. Um, and we'll see what happens. He also has a connection to Brady Kachuk, which I think uh, – possibly could be big for the New York Rangers trading up into that top five area and drafting him. So we'll see what happens, but I'm all for it. I love the move. We will get into it. And I know Vinny can't wait, but we'll get more into the NHL draft as that gets closer in the, and actually it's a month from maybe even today, or I don't know. It's the last Friday in June. So it's the 25th, 26th, but uh, with three first round picks, do you want to trade up and get that one better guy? Or do you want to, really start building your farm system and uh, use them unless there's a trade that works perfectly. Exactly. It has to be a trade that works perfectly. Otherwise, listen, it's such a crapshoot. Every draft is just such a crapshoot. I would rather use it uh, for three players. Brady Kachuk's supposed to be a very good player. Exactly. Anybody knows uh, Keith Kachuk, his father, and Matthew Kachuk, who's playing out in uh, Car- uh, Calgary, he's has fun. been really – oh, he's been really good. Matthew Kachuk? Oh, my God. He's been really good. I'll look it up for you if you want. But Matthew Kachuk, uh, very good player. And uh, – I'll look it up for you right now. Uh, but also a first-round pick, but they say Brady Kachuk's supposed to be even better. So that's uh, a good thing for him. Matthew Kachuk had 24 goals this year as a 20-year-old. You take right. that any day of the week. Yeah. It's a little ugly. With the little... I didn't know he was only 20. So. Yeah, the ginger hair to match 25 his uniform. Some people like the gingers out there, right? Yeah, 49. <laughs> just as you got Maybe it's a bad picture, but he's the sixth overall pick in 2016. Big Mike's got a thing for Clint Frazier. I want him as a Met. <laughs> Speaking of the Yankees, because uh, uh, we don't need to do the Lamarillo thing anymore, we will get into that as uh, that progresses yes, with the Islanders. Um, <laughs> but Glaber Torres, man, it's Memorial Day on Monday, but every day is Rusev Day, and every day is Glaber Day. That's right. He is your American League Rookie of the Year, Big Mike. Uh, Otani, He's so wrong. Otani is not uh, going to get it. If this guy uh, keeps doing it. He's hit a home run in four straight games. He's doing this in the ninth spot. He's got a bat leadoff. I don't know what Boone's waiting for. Actually, I guess if it's not broke, don't fix it. Uh, he's killing it down there in the nine hole. Uh, he has been everything as advertised. We all know the deal. We got him from the Cubs for Aldous Chapman. He was the Cubs' number one prospect. We all know how good the Cubs' prospects were at that time. To get him and then Chapman back, it's been an absolute luxury. Gleber Torres is the real deal, and he is not going away anywhere. He will be a top 60 fantasy pick next year. Gleber Torres has nine home runs this season, and six were, have been in the last seven days. So let's cool off again before we anoint him the Rookie of the Year as you anointed Didi the April MVP. Show you that wasn't wrong about that's great. It's one month. <laughs> Shohei Otani's four and one with a 3.35 ERA, a 1.07 whip. He struck out 52 batters in 40 innings. And by the way, he's hitting 309, six home runs, and 19 RBI. Glaber Torres is fantastic. He's probably my favorite Yankee, to be honest with you, because I own him in every fantasy league, and, and he's just have, he's awesome. But he's hit six out of his nine home runs in the last seven days. Let's not make sure this isn't just a hot week for him, and, and let's see what happens, Vinny. He's projected right now, Glaber, for 31 and 83. Let's see if we actually get there. But he's been up in such a limited time. So he's not he has the same at-bats as Otani. 
well, that's because Otani doesn't play every day, which I don't like. I want him in every day, so I'd actually go down because that guy, I'm still not sold on his bat. I know he's the best left-handed bat in the Angels lineup, but that doesn't say anything because they don't have any left-handed bats in that lineup. But uh, listen, Gleyber Torres is in a great spot. Uh, he's doing great things, and he's going to be playing every single day, unlike Shoei. Shoei would only get it over Gleyber because he pitches and hits, and that's it. I mean, that's kind of a big deal, Vinny. <laughs> let's, let's be honest. That's you don't get a big deal. You only get it over him because he's better. I mean, that's almost <laughs> what he said. No, it's because there's two things. He's not a better hitter. That's it. He's a good pitcher, and that's why he's going to get it. But uh, if you were narrowing just his pitching stats um, versus his hitting stats, I still think Lieber winning. And obviously, if you're narrowing just Lieber's hitting stats versus Otani's uh, hitting stats, uh, Lieber will win again. Let's see if Lieber can hold it uh, down and, and continue this. Like I've even said about Acuna, who's uh, got off to such a good start, but now you know pitchers are starting to figure him out. Uh, let's see, both of them, they're both rookies. So that's the thing with rookies. you got to see what, you know, they're still doing in the dog days and if they can get through it. You know, next thing you know, one of these guys might be hitting 250 or Otani might start getting beat up. You already saw the Angels being so cautious with him. They didn't want to pitch him against Tanaka tomorrow. They moved the start back to next week because they want to be very cautious with him. They didn't want him to get beat up by the Yankees, I don't think, at Yankee Stadium, and then possibly have him start against them in the wild card game in October. No, I think they need that bat in the lineup, to be honest with you. And you guys, listen, I was completely wrong about Otani, I'll say that, but I don't think he's getting enough credit from you guys bat-wise. He's hitting 309. Uh, every time he gets in his bat, he seems to be doing something productive with it. He's, he yeah, almost homered off Chapman last night. Yeah, this is somebody that uh, I think we undervalued his bat as well as uh, pitching-wise in uh, spring training. And uh, speaking of rookies, um, tough blow for anybody who owns Austin Meadows, my boy. Um, he is probably going to be sent down because Starling Marte has been activated from the DL today. He was and activated? He is activated today, but I don't know what they're doing with Meadows yet, but they need to keep him up there because this kid has been slashing since he's come up. I think he's batting 448. He has uh, three home runs, uh, two stolen bases. He tripled the other night. He has been excellent. And uh, to get a rookie like that to come up and play this good, how do you put him back down? Put Gregory Polanco down there. That guy's batting 200. He sucks. Leave Meadows up. Who's their current left fielder? I'm trying to just... Um, Corey Dickerson, who's having a good year. Yeah, he is. I mean, and Josh Bell's at first base. They do. They have... There's too many guys there. You can't really move anybody. But you're right, Vinny. You had two more hits last night. Austin Matthews and... Uh, Austin Matthews. Austin Meadows. And uh, he has. He's been fantastic. He's been a top prospect as advertised. 13 so. for 29. I don't know how you said him Take it up to a hotter start tonight. I really don't. You're not going to keep him up here. He's not going to get regular at-bats, though. So, and he probably has options, so you don't disrupt the roster. Well, they but should it's not get him regular at-bats, at least until he cools down. I agree with you. We were so down on the Dodgers just a week ago, and uh, then they swept the doubleheader from the Nationals, swept the series from them. They've now won three in a row again. Um, Seven the, and three in their last ten. Are the Dodgers on their way back up in the NL West? Are they um, not dead yet, as maybe <clears throat> people are starting to proclaim? I think that division now is – has become more wide open than what we uh, anticipated. I think Arizona with the AJ Pollock loss and Goldschmidt talent loss. Um, I think that there there's an opening for them. There really is. Kershaw could be back next week. They said, and they're going to make a move. They have Cody Bellinger playing center field. That's not because uh, you know they're going to just put anybody at first base. It's going to be Jose Abreu, or in the meantime, it could even be a Hanley Ramirez type. They are going to add a bat to that lineup, which they need to do. And that division is it's wide open. It's wide, you know, for the taking. It's crazy what a week and a half can do. Uh, the Dodgers, uh, they found a little win streak, but I'm not sold on that lineup. I think they really still have to go all in on Manny Machado. But the fact that Clayton Kershaw is probably going back early June, and they're only three and a half teams back. I know there's three teams ahead of them. Uh, the division's starting to be a letdown, like Big Mike said. The Diamondbacks look like they were running away with it. They are struggling and struggling hard. But with Paul Goldschmidt, for example, he is 
batting absolutely terrible. He homered the other day, but he's still batting like 210. We all know what Goldschmidt is capable of, and he has not been doing that. The Dodgers are, I think, a better team than everybody in this division, unless the D-backs can get it going again. Andrew Miller struggling yeah. mightily. Well, Last night, costing Corey Kluber a win. If you have Kluber in fantasy, which I do in multiple leagues, uh, that pissed you off, but you didn't expect this out of Andrew Miller. Is this uh, something physical with him? Is it mental, or is it just one of those things with the reliever where he's kind of hit his uh, he hit his peak and now he's back on the way down? One thing for sure, it's bad timing because it's a contract <laughs> year for Andrew Miller. <laughs> it is. Um, I love how you know everybody's contract here, man. It's physical, Rob. It is. He uh, he was on the DL. He's now back. I think he's trying to work out of it. But it's also, I think, just too many innings over the last two years. He's been overworked. I mean, the World Series run ridiculous. Before that, ridiculous. Go look at what his innings totals are. So, uh, in fantasy, I'm not ready to drop him yet because I think this is still somebody in the uh, you know come the All Star break and after he could be lights out and be uh, holds and ERA and WHIP and somebody like that. But uh, you know, Josh Hader has taken his spot as the best reliever in baseball, and it's not going away anytime soon. I uh, trust Andrew Miller. I think they'll put it together. But uh, I, I agree. I think he was a little overworked. Uh, maybe he needs some time off, uh, time away. He's been coming in the biggest games of all time and the biggest situations of the game. Uh, he, he needs some time off. I trust Andrew Miller to get it right. Uh, the talent that guy possesses and uh, lefty on lefty. Uh, I don't know what his numbers are this year, but he's still got to have pretty good numbers lefty on lefty. Yeah, I can I look those up if we need to. But he already has 10 walks this year. Um, he only had 21 walks all of last year. Uh, nine walks in 2016 when he was an all-star in uh, 74 innings. So he's starting to lose control a little bit. And that's where you start to worry about him. Um, 62 innings last year. I wonder what the playoffs were for last year because I bet you it was ridiculous as well. We can look right here. Postseason, last couple of years, seven innings last year in the playoffs. Oh, that was just the World Series. I'm sorry. Nope. Uh, nope. Last year was five innings. The year before was when he pitched all that for Cleveland when they were in the World Series. Oh, okay. But don't forget, last year the Yankees beat him in the first round. All right. So he only beat him. He only pitched five. Thirty-three years don't old, forget, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> but he pitched in four games in that five-game series. He pitched in four of the five games. So he was pitching years in an inning and in, in, uh, one inning, one game he pitched twice. So don't drop him yet. But uh, I'm getting awfully close. God's gonna cut you down. I mean, that was a game that was, and I, I still think that's one of the better uh, entrance teams for these pitchers. Uh, listen, he's got the talent. He's got the stuff. Maybe he just needs some time off. Yeah, they had a 2 nothing lead in the eighth inning and lost 11-2. You don't see that very often. Well, I mean, it was against the Houston Astros. So, let's, you know, it's not uh, the Chicago White Sox. It's the Houston Astros with the best lineup in baseball, the best run differential in baseball, the best starting pitching in baseball, and the best bullpen in baseball. But in so. the end, that's what the Indians have to get past, right? I They're agree. one of the teams that them and the Yankees and the Red Sox. I mean, but, those are the four teams. That's one of the teams you want to play well against. You want to – not have those kind of outings against because those those are remembered. Those are remembered when it comes to be October. Well, oh, I remember last game. I have a 70 RA against them this year. You don't want that to happen. I agree with you. I do. What else in Mike base in baseball, Mike? Uh, let's see. We have over unders, which uh, Rob, you weren't here for it when we did it, but uh, it's pretty cool. So I'll read you off some stats. You can give me the over unders, Goon. Maybe you can keep track of these, or uh, throw up the good ones on Twitter, Goon. Maybe uh... actually, you don't even have your phone. I'll do it. You ready? Here we go. Over unders. Nick Markakis is hitting 314 this season. He's a career 289 hitter. 314? Oh, yes. Uh, 344 he's hitting this season. 344, 289 career hitter. Over, under, he hits 305 this season. Under. Over. And um, 305, he's hitting 344. Leads league and hits already. It's hard to uh, – it's going to be hard to come all the way back down. He'd have to have a really big D.D. Gregorius-like slump to get under 305. Yeah, I'm going under. Uh, you know, 289 hitter at his age – 
I think it's close, though, Goon. I think he can hit 300, but 305, so Great that's why. Great first pass up for Nick Stick. He's never been an all-star. Does he get an all-star bid this year? Yes. surprised me. He had some pretty good he years did. in Baltimore. Absolutely. Very good years. That's, he's one of the uh, – they say he's got the most hits of any active player that's never made an all-star game. He has 2,100 hits. I'll put it in way Big Mike was. If the season ended right now. The uh, oh, all-star oh, break right on. now. Nick Barkakis would be in there. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> and he wouldn't be the only brave either. <laughs> From Glen Coates. Uh, Eugenio Suarez on Cincinnati, one of the few bright spots. Leads the league uh, in R- – I'm sorry, the National League in RBI. He's got 40. He's projected 125. That's not going to happen. Over, under, 101 RBI for this kid. Under. Under. Um, I'm going to go under also, but I think it's going to surprise us. So, I think, you know, 95 to 100. This is a legit hitter here, guys. So, uh, J.D. Martinez has 16 home runs. He's projected 51. Over, under, 48 and a half. Under. I am all over the over on this. DHing, uh, how much time has he missed? His second half last year in Arizona, that monster, I am all over him hitting 50 home runs. Um, 48 and a half. I mean, the weather's just starting to get warm, and he already has 16 home runs. Um, God, you're, you're right on on the number there, but uh, I'm going to go over. Um, one of the reasons is because of what he did in the second half last year. And uh, like I said, the weather has been shit in the first eight weeks of the season. It's finally starting to get warm, and he still has the numbers. He finished with 40 and missed a lot of games last year, right? Right. I'm still going the under, though. 50 home runs a lot. Doesn't have to play the outfield, which is what I'm concerned about with his foot. He has a history of foot injuries. Um, so I like that at full-time last DH. Year, to answer your question, at yes. uh, 42 home runs, he, um, he missed 43 games. 45 home runs. He only played 119 games. Now he's in a better place to hit the right. That's insane. Though. That pace was, had him at almost 60 home runs. Goon, throw that one up on Twitter. J.D. Martinez, over under 48 and a half. I got him on the over. I like it. I have it on the overall. So throw it up as a pull, uh, poll, Goon. Vinny, your boy, Brandon Belt, 11 home runs. He's number two uh, on the player rater for first baseman in fantasy. He's projected 35 home runs. So let's go over under 28 and a half. Under. Under. Over. <laughs> He has figured it out. Uh, 30 years old, he will hit 30 home runs this year. He's, all, years, right? he's also going to get hurt. That's, I mean, that's very possible also, knowing him. That's so. Brandon Bell. But I think 30 home runs is certainly in reach. That guy sucks. <laughs> by the way, that throw last night by a judge that they just showed. Yeah, two last night. I know, they had two oh, of them, but this, this one, one over 100 miles. miles an hour, and it was a literal strike right there. Keep running on him. Do it. <laughs> Barely got him. What a play. Chris Bryant project uh, is projected 90 RBIs over under 100 RBIs. What's he hitting this year? He's hitting, hitting like... over uh, close to 300. The average is there. The home runs and the RBIs have not been there. And Rizzo's not hitting at all. Rizzo's not hitting I don't think anything. he gets 100. Under. I like uh, the under I also. I like the under as well. Glaber Torres. Here it over. is, Vinny. <laughs> over. He has nine home runs, six in the last seven days for those counting. Uh, projected 31, over under 25 and a half. Definitely over. What does he have, nine? Yep. And you said 25 and a half? Yep. Oh, my God. This team's hitting. I, I like the over. Under. I like him on the over. Wait till we get those 90-degree afternoon games in the Bronx. <laughs> <laughs> Carlos Correa, eight home runs. He's projected 25. He had 24 last year. Missed the last month and a half, though, with that broken finger, if you remember. So, over under 29 and a half for Carlos Correa. I love Correa. Love him. But um, I'm going to go over. I had him as the AL MVP this year. He's never hit 30. I will go slightly under. By the way, just so uh, for those of you listening, uh, 
Mike, the Red Sox fan, had the J.D. Martinez over, and the Yankee fan had J.D. Martinez under. Glaber Torres, the Yankee fan, has over, and the Red Sox fan has under. I'm just saying, as the middle guy, I see a trend here. That might be the last Yankee uh, Red Sox when we have the love. Uh, Cody Bellinger has been horrific. Seven home runs. He's projected 23. Under. He hit 39 last year. Over, under, 29 and a half. Under. Under. I uh, completely agree with you. I think it's a huge. He started falling off at the end of last year, too. That that slump didn't just start this year. Never bought into him, and you had him as the MVP last year. Medium funny. Uh, (laughs) Go look at his numbers last year and go look at their record. You want to crown crown Didi Gregorius after April? Go look at his numbers. I crowned him the player of the month. I don't know why. No, you said MVP. He's the MVP right now. That's what I said. I wasn't wrong. (laughs) Yeah, then in April, go look what Bellinger did for a whole season. I can't wait for this season gets into full baseball swing and good and I just eating popcorn while <laughs> the two of you guys just go at it with this Yankee Red Sox stuff, which is gonna be a, which is gonna be great because both teams are all awesome. I hope you have an over under James Paxton on there. I don't. <laughs> Joey Votto has six home runs. He's projected nineteen. He had thirty six last season. Over under twenty five for Joey Votto. I like the under on it. I think out of the six home runs, four were in the same week. So it means the rest of the season he only has two. I don't know what's wrong with him in that lineup. Suarez isn't giving him enough protection. Maybe he's choking up on the bat more than he usually does. He, does also, he choked up last night. It was ridiculous against Colorado. I've never seen anything like it. I'll go with the under. I think his 30 home run power days are over. He's not. It's not even that. They're not going to pitch to him in that lineup. I think he's 34 years old also, so I'll take the under. What about Scooter Jeanette Batten and the other guy you named? Suarez, whatever his name was? Suarez, I think, could be uh, – Joey Votto in between them because then he'll get pitches. Scooter Jeanette's having a pretty good year. Scooter Jeanette's never going to be protecting Joey Frickin' Votto, dude. Well, on the Reds lineup, <laughs> anything's possible. Anybody named Scooter Jeanette. You want to talk about a lineup. Even Billy Scooter Hamilton has been horrific, too. I remember. What was that, Mike? Billy Hamilton's been horrific, too, for that team. That, oh, that, that whole sucks. team is just, oh, man. Last it's, night, it's nice and all that. It's fast, but you got to get on base. Last good. night's order was Winker, Barnhart, Votto, Jeanette, Suarez. Oh, he's never going to back up Joey Votto. Well, he's not, he's not going to be the reason that Joey Votto sees pitches, is my point. I'm not saying he's not going to bat behind him in the lineup. He has to. But nobody's going to sit there and, you know, throw fastballs to Joey Votto because they're afraid of Scooter Jeanette. Keep making him pay Scooter. He's batting a cool 319. <laughs> <laughs> Jose Peraza was a top prospect for the Braves, right, Rob? He yep. has not been, lived up to the hype. No, Billy no. Hamilton was drafted as like a top 30 outfielder. He <laughs> sucks. Uh, Tucker Barnhart, the catcher, is your number two hitter. That's ridiculous. This team is in serious trouble. They have one real nice young prospect, Nick Senzel, who they refused to call up. Yeah, I think today's Harvey Day. Is it? I think today is Harvey Day in Colorado, Vinny. It's your boy, uh, Molly. Really? Yeah, or Mal, whatever. Because believe me, I bet against Matt Harvey all three times. The team is 3-0, and he is still – He pitches tomorrow against German Marquez. There it is. So, tomorrow's Harvey Day in Colorado. 88 degrees and sunny, though, tomorrow. That ball is going to fly He's going to get lit up in Colorado. Over under four and one-third. The ball flies in Colorado. It flies even more when it's 88 freaking degrees. I'll say over Vinny, but he gives up five runs. I'm hammering Colorado tomorrow. (laughs) Let's go. And the last over-under that I have for you guys, Paul Goldschmidt. Uh, He has six home runs, 16 RBIs. He's projected 19 and 52. He had 36 and 120 last year. So I ask you guys, over-under 30 home runs and 85 RBIs. Damn. I don't know. This is somebody um, drafted uh, while you're thinking about it as a top the, five fantasy player this year. Right, this, is, this is a bit of bad first two months for him. I don't think he can rebound to those numbers. So I'm going to go under. What do you have at? 30 and 85. 85. I can definitely see him go on a tear, but I don't think he can rebound from those numbers. 
I mean, I could see him getting to the high 70s. Uh, I, I, I think under. I think under on both. I, that, that's a long climb for him. I'll say 16 RBIs. I'll say over on the home runs, but under on the RBIs. Because there's just nobody on that team even getting on base with Pollock out right now. So He's got six right now? Yeah. 24 or more home runs the rest of the year? It's possible. I mean, you know, a huge second half. You saw what uh, J.D. did, in, you know, with Arizona last year. That You know, I don't know, 30 home runs. I could see him hitting 30. Humidity there, Mike. A, you are humidity. Could be, uh, could be a real factor, Vinny. So, so the Reds are 3-0 with Matt Harvey. He's 1-0 as a Red. He's given up four runs in the first three starts. You have to say that that's very positive. I'll ask you, Mike. Yes. One win so far, but it was with the Reds. Yep. Seven and a half over under wins the rest of the season. Matt Harvey. Oh, it's under. I mean, hammer that freaking <laughs> under. Hammer under five, Rob. <laughs> My head was going to explode if you said over. Like, yeah, this uh, is, <laughs> I mean, hammer the under. This is somebody that won't be there come the trade deadline. He's going to go to some contender that needs an arm. Maybe he finds himself in a bullpen of a playoff. But could that or... help him get a couple of cheap wins late? Being no, with no shot. This is going to be a guy in mop-up duty if they're getting killed in a, in a playoff game. You so, love this guy. I do, but I don't think this is the turnaround. Is I think... he quietly the long-term reliever who gets starts? Like, him they start in Romo? Is he quietly the long-term reliever? <laughs> they just don't want to no, play him that? Like, oh, you started the game because obviously your ego won't let you come in the bullpen. I don't think that's it Because he don't go five innings, this guy. I, just I don't, don't understand think... why his uh, pitch limit is. Down. I just don't think he's going to fix it this season. Why is I think, it limited? I don't know. You'll have to call Jim start, Riggleman. He's a starting pitcher. Why is he throwing 55 pitches a game? Because he's the long-term reliever who's getting starts. Well, he got up to 93. And then when he threw 55 pitches, don't forget, he had been in the bullpen with the Mets so long he wasn't stretched out. You can understand that. Now he's up to 93 in his last start. He should be good to go 100 tomorrow. He, or, might, not, he might not make it there because he might get lit up so bad, but he should be good for 100. Or they are petrified of the, the part of the lineup seeing him a second or third time. Maybe that's it. I mean, what are they playing for, though? They're not playing to compete. So why are they not letting him go out? They're trying out. to limit him, have good outings, so they can get a better return at the deadline. He hadn't pitched in They're going to get days. a better return than uh, giving up Devin. They're going to get something of better. Of course they Devin. are. There's so, no question about it. Whether, whatever they do with it. Listen, the Mets during the offseason, though, you got Devin Mazzarocco, which, I mean, whatever, take it for what it is. But you could have Jerickson Profar during the offseason. That was highly rumored. This is a former top prospect who's actually hitting pretty good right now for Texas. He can play multiple positions. That should have been the trade for the New York Mets, who are now starring Jose Batista. And he had a big uh, game-tying single. And he was also homered in his first uh, game with the Knocks. Even Ronnie Ortega called this? Ronnie Ortega getting Joey bats. Good for you. Let's go, Jose. I'm all for Jose Batista and Ronnie Ortega. (laughs) Ronnie, if if he's on the team by the end of the year, I'll give you a Mets Jose Batista jersey. They sell those? Uh, actually, we'll find if, one. If, if, if they make it, Ronnie, I'm not getting it custom made. <laughs> Rob, what do you think of Joey Bass's tenure with the Braves? I mean, a week? <laughs> he hit he hit 140. He had a big home run to beat the Cubs in a Monday Two afternoon jacks. game. Uh, the other Jack was in Look at the Jose Batista with the timely hits for the Mets and the Braves and getting no love. He sucked. He had one timely hit for the Braves. It was a three-run jack in uh, the fifth inning against the Cubs. Or the other one that, he struck out every time with a base loaded. He was garbage. Uh, but then last night, he comes in. He gets uh, the Mets the tie game in the ninth. And then uh, Ramos just looked awful in the, out of the bullpen. Guy couldn't throw a freaking strike. Jose Batista hit a, a what, an 80-mile-an-hour hanging curve for a base hit down the third baseline. Everyone wants to crown him uh, an MVP? Come on. 
Oh, Ramos sucks Ramos too. Fire. I would DFA him. I would DFA Jose Reyes, and I would call up uh, half of the AAA team. Well, isn't that the problem though with the Mets that well, people aren't there. talking about? It doesn't matter. The Mets AAA team and their depth is so poor that they have to sign a, a Jose Batista. That's the problem with the Mets and Sandy Alderson. They have no depth. Rob, it's poor signings. They could have went out and offered Mark Reynolds a contract. That's fine too, but eventually you've got to have your own guys, right? You've got you to do. draft well of enough course. to have somebody come up. And be a fourth outfield. They keep taking pitchers that turn into relievers, though, uh, in the minors. So they have not drafted well at all. They continue to overdraft on pitching. Well, uh, that, then, then Sandy Alderson, you know, for that as well as as well as Sandy Alderson has done in some ways, and their their record is really not as bad. People act like the Mets right now are, are you know, the Baltimore Orioles. Well, what they the went case. eleven and one. Uh, what have they gone since eleven and three, one? Three three games above five hundred, right? The Mets. Yeah, they right, but in the end, your record is what your record is, and that that you well, know every team does have a hot streak. What if that eleven and one came in the middle of the season? Division's playing. They got three teams that are better than them. Guys, Daniel Murphy's coming back this week. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, next week he's starting rehab this week. This is Washington's division. It's like always the been Braves Washington's have done. Division. I think the Braves will finish higher, and I think Philly's going to finish higher. So I think I had the Mets finishing fourth uh, when we did the picks. Possibly third. I might have had the Braves under them. I had the Braves fourth. I know that. Oh, actually, I had the Braves over the Phillies, but I had the Mets over the Braves. I think I had the, the Mets four, to be honest. I really liked the Mets coming so into this year. I did not Atlanta. like the Mets at all this, this season. And the Todd father has come back to life, batting 223. Well, he hasn't played and isn't going to play. The annoying thing about Batista for me last night was he did that stupid salt and pepper stuff. First of all, you haven't been there long enough to be part of that. Secondly, that was good when you were 11-1. and one. Stop with that crap when you've been, not, you know, you've been pretty much garbage since then. The salt and pepper. I'm glad he's getting involved in the little jerking that's going on over there. Um, he wants to be part of the team. He wants to fit in. He needs to be part of the team. He keeps getting these minor league deals and getting uh, cut at uh, 12 games. So then uh, you take him. Let us take him on your no, team. No, we don't need him. There he is. But he's found a home with the New York. Look Mets. at that hanging curveball. Did you see the catcher? A single. The was, catcher didn't uh, know what to do. That was a ball great. that he broke. It drove <laughs> off the bat, exit oh, velocity, 89 miles an hour. That was at his head. Oh, dear God. Then <laughs> you got this guy. Everybody told me this guy was a real closer. This guy sucks. Familia, uh, no, Familia right blew it for DeGrom the other night, and then Ramos, uh, he didn't blow it last night. He just lost it. Jose Batista has found a home with the Mets. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. That's great. <laughs> Guys, I have two other quick stats for you real quick. Uh, most DL players, which team has the most DL players in the league? Hmm. I have the top three here. The Dodgers? The, no. Really? Two. I would have said the Nationals. The Nationals are number one back. with 12. Okay. So uh, then the Mets with 10, Cards with 10, Texas has 10, San Diego has 10, and there's one other team that I didn't write down as 10. Last season, uh, the percentage that the home team won. Oh, God. 54. You were right. Did you see it? Nope. Right on the money, Rob. 54%. The home team last year won 54% of their home games. This season, what is that percentage? I, I, I'm i not looking. I would say it's 49. much lower. I was going to say it's much lower because I know a lot of teams have had really bad home records. Like the Braves have a terrible home record. but The Rockies have not been that good at home. The home, uh, it's 49%. So You look at the NL East, uh, the Nationals 15-8 and eight on the road under 500 at home. The Braves 18-11 on the road, two over 500 at home. Uh, the Mets over 500 on the road, under 500 at home. That's just the National East, National League East. Uh, the before, Brewers, 18 and 10. So. Before we jump off the Mets completely, uh, Hanley Ramirez, Red Sox. Will not be a Met. Uh, no shot the Mets take No him. shot. What if it was last week, maybe? Well, any team. They would have took him. I'm no, saying over I, Jose Batista. I think they want Batista. They're going to use him even in the outfield a little bit, Rob. So I don't know if they would have did that. Hanley's strictly first base or DH. So Batista at least 
they think can play a little bit of third and a little bit of outfield, and I think the Mets want somebody that can play. How does Taylor Ramirez feel he's getting screwed of his $22 million? That's, that's the business, Go look at right? his stats. He's not hitting either. He signed a contract on the that could happen. He's, he's not, not hitting anything start, And now they're, they're freezing him. Was he uh, 250 and 600 runs? If he was playing well enough, they wouldn't. They wouldn't exactly. He wasn't playing well he's exactly. not playing that's terrible, though. He's got, what, six homers, 29 now, RBIs? Now, let's say one month from now, will they be able to trade him, and will they keep him under? No, they have to do it They have to do it now. 10 days. He's DFA. He's done. Otherwise, he's on the waiver wire. No matter what, he's off the Red Sox. Oh, wow. Okay. So he's either traded in those days. They're not going to trade him. It's what happened to Matt well, what are the Dodgers waiting for? Uh, for him to be a free agent, you exactly. can sign him for free and not pay all his contracts. Yeah. If they get a trade, Boston is off the hook. I think you have to look at another team, too, and that's the Houston Astros. And they're loaded in the farm system. But Evan Gaddis is not doing it at the age. They uh, certainly could add another right-handed bat in Hanley Ramirez off the bench. No need for a team to make a trade for Hanley Ramirez. He's going to be no, they're not going to trade for him. I'm oh, saying you, that said, they you can... said loaded in the farm system. I thought you meant to make a deal. No, no, no. They're loaded in the farm system that they don't need him, but this is somebody, uh, a veteran bat off the bench. That you need DH... a, a winning environment like Houston and who knows where the Dodgers now. Somehow Dodgers, certainly. I think the Dodgers make a run on Jose Abreu. I really do. I think he's going to get traded this year. There's literally, we've been saying it, no reason for the Chicago White Sox to keep him. And that makes all the sense in the world. I think it's a lot that Hanley could have done. Just, is, he, is he yeah. not why, a why would they trade their guys for Jose Abreu when they could sign Hanley? I think, um, obviously, Jose is a better player. Don't get yeah. me wrong. But I think they'd rather keep their prospects and, and get Hanley than lose their prospects and get Jose Abreu. Is he not a poor man's Manny Ramirez? Just the looks, the he Dodgers, the Red Sox. He's very talented, not as talented as Hanley. I mean, when we talked about best right-handed hitters, Manny Ramirez came to my mind. But um, <laughs> he has some meat. He reminds me a lot of a poor man's Manny Ramirez. This is some DR uh, Dodgers as well. And when Manny went to the Dodgers and wore his number 99, he really brought that place to life and brought him on a nice big run. Manny would. Do have some fantasy guys for you. I have some drops and some ads. The ads. Joe Musgrove yesterday for Pittsburgh was awesome. He was the guy that got in the, uh, the call trade from Houston. He went seven innings, seven Ks, zero runs, his first start with Pittsburgh. Awesome. I would take a look at him. Mitch Moreland, 38% owned in Yahoo. Home runs on back-to-back days, hitting 318. He's going to be the everyday first baseman now. So Not today against Newcomb. Who's playing there first? What's that? Who's at first for them today? Well, isn't Moreland playing against Newcomb? Yeah, so he's going to be the everyday first baseman. I'm just saying he's not going to hit against him. Oh. Nuke, I'm just, I completely I went over my head. Awesome. <laughs> uh, Dustin Pedroia, 26% owned. Uh, he's back from the DL. I would take a look at him, especially if your league has like a middle infield uh, spot. Not, he doesn't have to start your second base spot, middle infield spot. I would take a look at Adam Ottavino, 62% owned. He has 45 strikeouts in 27 innings. His ERA is under one. His whip is under one. Uh, if your league has holds, certainly look at him. Adam Eaton, guys, is about 30 days out. You have a DL spot. Vinny, I think your league has three DL spots. 47% owned. You take a look at him. He had 10 runs and 19 at-bats before he got hurt. So just ridiculous. And Luis Gahara, going to give him some love, Rob. 13% owned. They think they're going to go to a six-man rotation, possibly. He's CC Sabathia, when CC was fat, and uh, he actually looked pretty good against the, uh, the Phillies the other night. I like him. Drop list, Hanley until he's picked up. You're not going to roster him. Trumbo's back to the DL. Drop him. Ian Kinsler somehow is 42% owned. He's hitting 185. He sucks. Drop him. And John Gray is 71% owned with a 5.40 ERA and a 1.41 whip. If you want to keep giving up a ton of runs, you can keep him. <laughs> Otherwise, I would likely drop him. Why would you draft Colorado Rocky pitching? Know, it's absurd. Know, does it? Maybe the closer. You need a streamer it. during the week because you want to win. That's it. You don't drink. Yeah, on the it's road. Seventy-one percent owned, and he's got a five-point-four ERA. That's insane. He's seventy percent owned. I mean, he was always supposed to be the, the ace of the staff. He's yeah. never illustrated being the ace for the Colorado Rockies. Real good. Don't draft 
Colorado pitching. But, Mike, I want to ask you, uh, I think someone asked you on Twitter, too, you don't think Hamley's worth stashing? No. You think he's going to be uh, not signed for a while? Uh, ten days. Listen, I if you have an extra spot on your bench and you can wait ten days, then wait the ten days. But I am somebody – I will drop him immediately and find somebody on the wire. And you there, don't think he'll – he's worth the wait? He won't bring value wherever he goes? Vinny, there's somebody on your wire right now that will do the same equal or better production than Hanley Ramirez. I guarantee it. What about – a uh, guy that I was th- thinking about was uh, that's really turned it around was Dylan Bundy. You see what he did? Dylan Bundy the other day had 14 strikeouts, complete game. But uh, who was it against? Chicago White Sox. Last there three you go. starts though. <laughs> uh, last three starts though, he, he uh, didn't pitch terribly. I mean, it was Tampa seven innings no run, Boston six innings four runs, but eight strikeouts. Um, he rebounded well since uh, not did. getting a single out recorded. And listen, this no is outs, somebody... seven earned runs, which will kill your ERA. And with that, his ERA is still 445. And the Royals don't have a very good lineup. For even, for no, I was the worst game. pitch game in the history of uh, baseball. Yes, it was. This is somebody that can get traded too, guys. He's uh, fairly young, but um, Baltimore is not two or three years away where Dylan Bundy should be there. This They are eight years away. So uh, the return, you know, maximizing your return. This is somebody to definitely keep an eye on because I'd be looking to trade him also. His next start is Tuesday versus Washington. He brought up Adam Eaton, 10 runs and uh, 19 at-bats. Chris Davis, did you see his stats? Which one, the good one or the bad one? The bad one, <laughs> Baltimore. Yeah, he is. Just... Nine <laughs> runs and 180 at-bats. Yeah. You guys That's see the picture of him possibly not looking at the pitch? <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. That is, uh, we need to turn that into a big meme because that is hilarious. You could, you could put a lot of funny things behind that picture. What is he looking at? He Maybe. needs his Adderall back. <laughs> Just look at the waiver wire right now. This is not your league, but uh, DJ LeMay, who's hurt. I think Evan Longoria puts up similar production than Hanley. I think Josh Bell is out there. He would put up similar production with Hanley. Trey Mancini now is going to play every day. I think he would put up similar production with Hanley. Matt Adams, if he's going to play until Zimmerman comes back. Michael Franco can do it. Justin Bohr certainly can do it. Um, there's names out there. Jay Bruce is going to do it. Everyone, you want to crap on the Mets, you want to crap on how bad he's doing, he will outproduce Hanley Ramirez. So there are guys out there currently um, that can do it. And I'm sorry, Rob, I had the stat wrong. Uh, Adam Eaton has 10 runs in 29, if that's not 19. Still very good. You take so, That's a run a game. Because you, you, you assume three bats a game, that's, you know, a run if, every three bats. And if he were to come back, Zimmerman to come back, Murphy to come back, now all of a sudden you have a real lineup. He's going to be leading off. If you have a DL spot, there's no reason he should be out there. And Clay Buckholz. Who tweeted about Clay Buckholz? I did. That was nice. Back in the major league, <laughs> getting a second start against Oakland today. And we're starting him against uh, whoever we're playing in Vinny's league. Ew. Fire him up. Ew. He wasn't bad the other day against the Mets. Five innings, two hits, one run against the Mets. And a no division on uh, – on the well, 20th. the no earned runs is why I thought he was getting his first start. The one earned, one earned, one earned. I was one earned. Uh, does he have a zero ERA? No, 180 ERA, 0.6 width. That was against the Mets. Yahoo added uh, at a zero ERA, so they messed up. But uh, how about this here, uh, James Paxton? Big Mike. <laughs> Vinny, um, when you apologize to Brandon Belt, I will apologize to James Paxton. Oh, well, there's such a better chance of you apologizing to Paxton than me to Brandon Belt. That guy sucks. He is so bad. He's going to get injured, like Rob said. He is so unreliable. Uh, Proxim, he finally completed three months of decent baseball, but he's not enough. That lineup around him sucks. Andrew McCutcheon has three home runs. My boy Austin Meadows in one week already has that from the former McCutcheon's been a disaster. The, the former Pirate uh, MVP McCutcheon over there. So, uh, But Paxton has been remarkable since his uh, uh, no-hitter or perfect game was. I keep forgetting. No-hitter. No-hitter. Uh, he is – He's striking out people, and he actually had a 14K strikeout two games before the no-hitter. He is on a complete tear. So when he's pitching, uh, the Mariners aren't getting all the love. 
you could get some pretty discounted James Paxton spreads right now for you betters out there. He uh, he had a great game last night. He went against Romero, who's a, a nice prospect for Minnesota. Um, a really good pitching matchup, and he dominated. And he, the, the talent has never been a question. He's a 100-mile-an-hour fastball as a lefty. It's just going to be, can he go over 150 innings? Can what he you, last a full season? In my league, my fantasy baseball league, Yahoo, yes. what's he ranked overall, all players? Of all players? Paxton. I would say he is top 40. Well, he is. He's also top 10. He is sixth overall. What you know about that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I'm going to bring some popcorn for these baseball shows because this is fun. So, Paxton, Brandon Belt. Guys, I never thought I'd be spending the summer having to watch now just so that I could press each of your buttons as we go along and over the Top Sports Radio by the 100th uh, anniversary show, which is coming up in about a month and a half uh, from now. Um, It'll be fun to see you guys debating those guys because we hit the one-year anniversary this week on the 22nd of May, so we've been doing the show for a year. Got about 22 minutes to go tonight on it. Um, We don't have to spend time listening to music breaks every 10 minutes. We don't give MLB scoreboards on Monday nights. We don't have to spend 20 minutes pressing with Bubba on the line. <laughs> Not that I would mind a Bubba call. You can call anytime you want at 646-716-5403. But uh, we don't have to rely on the 20 minutes of what's happening in Monday Night Raw tonight to get through. So we've come a long way. Um, but, you know, one you know, uh, one group that hasn't grown is these idiot kneelers in the NFL. And uh, the NFL came up this week with their solution. Um, and it was, to me, a half-assed solution. It's the solution of them trying to play both sides. And then you have teams out there like the Jets, who are as big a joke as you can get, that say, we don't care what our bosses say. Go ahead and break the rules if you want. And for those of you guys that don't know, they said that you have to stand for the national anthem. Great. Awesome. But now they're giving the players the option of not even coming out on the field at all for the anthem, which is as disrespectful as it gets to, uh, because now you're going to see all the people that didn't want to respect it walking out of the stupid tunnel before the game, um, as soon as the National Anthem is over. And then you got the New York Jets owner, or acting owner, because um, Johnson, Woody Johnson is now working for uh, President Trump. You got Chris Johnson coming out there and saying, hey, my guys can do whatever they want. I'll pay their fines. So basically, we Jerry don't care. Said that also. We don't care what the bosses say. I'll let you break the rules. Now, I could not get away with that at my job. Okay, I could not have my big boss tell me to do something. And my boss tell me, hey, break the rule all you want. Don't worry, I'll vouch for you. No, I'd be fired. So I don't know why at this place of employment that this is going to be allowed and this is going to be something that the NFL lets happen. But to me, it's a joke. And the NFL got it wrong again. And the NFL, who had the top standard in all the sports and everything, they were the New York Yankees. Like, um, They've really come off as a joke in the past year or two. Vinny, do you want to go or do you want me to go? You could go, Mike. I, <laughs> I think our audience around here. Uh, are we going to get a rant? An unscripted rant? <laughs> this is um, this is a very fine line uh, between what you should say and what you shouldn't say. Let's just put it like that. I think that um, I think we're the minority of who believe that you should have to stand for the national anthem. I think that there is a majority of people that feel that you shouldn't have to, or uh, you know, it's not disrespectful or whatever, and uh, listen, the whole, Roger Goodell dropped the ball on it. The, the rules that came out this week said that, you, you know, you have to stand, you can't be disrespectful, the team should uh, implement rules, and then if the team doesn't implement rules, uh, his office can do what they please, which is basically Roger Goodell holding more power like the Brady case, like uh, the Zeke Elliott case, 
and he can do whatever the hell he wants, which is absolutely ridiculous. For $33 million a year, Roger Goodell should have put rules in place so that every team has something to follow and not so that in week one we're, we're still going through this. It's absolutely ridiculous. As far as kneeling for the flag and standing for the flag go, uh, the whole thing started with Kaepernick wanting to sit down and did sit down until he talked to Nate Boyer, who was a uh, – I don't want to mispronounce it. Can somebody look that up? I think he was a Green Beret. Um, so just clarify that. I don't want to, you know, short him or whatever. It was something, you know, prestigious, Navy SEAL-ish. And uh, he's the one that told Kaepernick that you can kneel, that that's not as disrespectful, that people kneel in front of graves. Green Beret. Green Beret. So there it is. And, um, you know, that isn't as disrespectful. It has taken up, though, uh, guys, such a ridiculousness that people now just kneel and don't know what they're kneeling for. And that's what I have an issue for. Kaepernick is kneeling for police brutality, and you have other guys in the NFL kneeling uh, against Trump. So they're all kneeling for something different. And, Rob, you are spot on when you say that you cannot do this at a job. These guys are being employed by the teams. They are, being, they are working. Every Sunday, uh, you know, it's for our enjoyment, but they are working. And if they're told they can't do something, then you can't do something. But stupid Roger Goodell has nothing in place now for when they do it. It's still just going to keep running. Now, we just booked San Francisco, guys. It's Veterans Day weekend. What do you think is going to happen Veterans Day weekend in San Francisco and that Sunday with the flag? Because there's going to be presentations, and I just can't – everyone's going to be kneeling. You know, you know what people in San Francisco are like, Mike? They're not like us. San Francisco is as liberal as it gets. Yeah, just watch. I might get kicked out <laughs> before the game starts. <laughs> you might be taking that 48-hour <laughs> drive home for another reason. It's disgusting. I never thought in my life – I would have to frequently talk about people kneeling for our nation's national anthem at sporting events. I never thought it would come down to I never thought it would have to be addressed by the league. It's just not going to go away. Uh, I lost. The only reason it was addressed is because the viewership was actually down to the NFL last year. Otherwise, it wouldn't be addressed. The thing is, I, I've said it all along, but you can protest what you believe in. That's fine. But you don't do it against the flag. It, it's just not, uh, it's not acceptable, if you ask me. There's other ways to go about it. And um, Kaepernick started it, and now everybody's doing it. I agree, Mike. Uh, people are doing it. They don't even know what they're doing it for. They just want to stand out. Exactly. You become a name by kneeling now. Now you're starting to know everybody who kneels, especially on your team. You know if that guy's going to kneel down or not. I, I just can't believe in, in today's age that this is a thing, that uh, people are doing this, and that it has to be addressed, and that, that it has to be a rule enforced now by the commissioner of a professional sports league. It's just um, – it's, I think it's a low in uh, society in today's age. Well, to what you said, if you want to protest against the flag or against the nation, do it on your own time then. Don't do it while you're getting paid um, and you're at work. Um, I worked at a restaurant for a long time as a second job. What if I went up to a table and started preaching my political values to my guests? My bosses would probably say, hey, you probably shouldn't do that. Maybe the guests don't agree with you. Um, And if I did it again, they'd be like, dude, you're fired. It's the same thing. You're preaching your political views while you're at work when the paying customers don't want to see that. The NFL fans are paying customers, and the players really don't seem to give a crap about the paying customers that are the fans that are completely against it. Now, there are people that are okay with it, but look at the ratings down. What's the biggest reason when they're polled about why they don't watch football anymore? It's because of this flag issue. My father watched football his entire life. My father has not watched a second of NFL unless I've been at his house and I made him turn on a game since this issue happened. My My, uncle stopped too for that. And my dad is a police chief. And my dad said almost everybody in his police department, I don't know if they really follow through, but they all say, no, they don't watch anymore. I am sure that Port Washington police 
is not the only police department that have people that feel that way. I'm sure that they are not the only place that have supporters of the police or the military or the American flag that feel that way. Because you don't have to be just a policeman. You could just be an American citizen. If it bothers you and you're the paying customer, why don't they care? Well, the owners right now are saying, we're going to pretend to care, but not really care. And that's the problem. And the players, they don't make the money that they're making without the customers. I just bought this Saquon uh, Barkley jersey. 100 bucks came in the mail. Without me, without people that buy their merchandise, buy their tickets, and watch their games, they don't make this money. The customers tell them, no, they don't care. Well, the players are still going to make their money, Rob, whether the viewership not is as down much. or not. The contracts are all uh, – every NFL contract is up, so I don't think it's short a short-term yes. that. Short-term, yes, but not long The long-term. owners are going to be the ones that suffer with, uh, you know, sponsorships and, and in that aspect, but games are still going to sell out, and the players aren't seeing uh, a hurt in their wallet from it. Well, you know who is? Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> He's seen it hurt his wallet. You're telling me he wouldn't have gotten a job if he hadn't been the leader of this stupid revolution? Well, he's probably making more now. And he does doing... suck and doesn't deserve to be on a team, let's be honest. But he would have found a job at one point, he, at least a tryout. He's definitely a backup quarterback in this league. Right. At best. Yes. But, but he would be making some money. Right. But Instead, now, he's making none. It's hurt him in the wallet. He's a huge distraction. Nobody – but the owners, you know, that, that's why the owners play it both ways. They don't want Kaepernick on the team because they don't want the distraction, right? But where are they when it comes to this issue? How come they're not so – you know, vehemently against it because they don't want to piss everybody off. Now listen, the whole Kaepernick thing, too, being a distraction, that's a part of it. But look at Des Bryant. Des Bryant didn't kneel for the flag or whatever. He's just a known head case, and he doesn't have a job yet either. So all these people bashing that, oh, poor Kaepernick. Look at Des Bryant. He doesn't have a job. He's a talented wide receiver. He's a head case. Nobody wants him. Terrell Owens didn't get a job at the end of his career because he's a head case. He's a nut job. Nobody wants him. These are guys that kneel for the flag. Kaepernick is a, is a head case. You're wrong about one thing. I do want that, Brian. But I understand what you say. No, you don't. I, Mike, Mike, you're 100% right. I'm just making the joke that I'll take him, big blue, any day, sign with us in August, be our fourth wide receiver. And if they want to protest for the flag, they should get a permit and do it on uh, do it on a Saturday and see how many people show up for their little protest. You changed the little protest subject. You mentioned T.O. He got the cover of Madden. Oh. Hall of Fame edition. Oh. Uh, why of all Hall of Famers, he's selected. And he oh. decided to wear his Dallas Cowboy uh, uniform when he's more of an eagle and a 49er, if you ask me. He, to um, me, is more of a niner than a niner. I agree with you. Right. 49er. I agree. But um, why is he on the cover? I don't understand. I, he's broke. I think he's completely broke. And Madden said, hey, here's $500. You want to be on the cover of our <laughs> thing? And he said, all right, I'll, you know, we can make a little Twitter video about it. And I'll take the $500. And you know who else is a financially oh. stable? Lawrence Taylor. Who's a better Hall of Famer? Who's a better football player? Well, they're not going to put Lawrence Taylor, who's been arrested how many times and accused of rape how many times on the cover of Madden. <laughs> I mean, and a guy that's a no-brainer for and, Madden. And Lawrence Taylor was never in Madden. There was no Madden when Lawrence Taylor played. At least there was a Madden when Terrell Owens was playing. Or Terrell. I think it's a, a terrible cover. Um, Especially I if you recall the Hall of Fame edition. Well, who have they done now? They've done – it wasn't Brady the GOAT edition, and they've done Barry Sanders on the Hall of Fame edition. And, Goon, can you look up uh, how many – I think Favre was on it Favre one year, was right? on it the year that he went from Green Bay to the Jets. Don't forget there was well, a cover. They put Ray Lewis on the cover. He killed a guy. I mean, <sighs> you want to talk about a guy that literally has gotten away with murder and is still respected around the league and in broadcasting. You want to talk about a scam. Almost the biggest scam is Bart Scott trying to do radio. Because I was listening to that the other day. That was terrible. But, but he did say can't wait one time. Yep. So. And he does say axe instead of ask. My favorite. Axe. 
that show Body sucks. Spread. That's a that's a pitiful show, and they didn't. Well, I know they're still on, but they didn't last very long. No, they, got, they get two hours where everybody gets a break from sports radio between Joe and Evan and Mike. Carlin could be the worst of all three of them. Because yeah, he spits every time he talks. His voice is just. You ever see the oh. old DX skit where Sergeant Slaughter's yeah. talking? <laughs> that to me is what anybody that stands near Carlin would have to wear one of those mechanisms on the helmet with Mike. the windshield wipers. The, the chick's actually the best one of those three. I agree with you. Going back last few years. Yeah. Brady Gronk. Odell, Sherman, Barry Sanders, Calvin Johnson, Peyton Hillis. <laughs> True. Can Drake. you look up the Hall of Fame edition, though? Because there's going to be another Madden cover. Yeah, this isn't going to be the regular cover. Right. This is the, the – we want to see how many Hall of Famers they've done. How many Hall of Fame editions have there been? There's not one every year, is there? I'm not sure. I think I the past two that. years there have been. Yeah, I play Madden every – I never realized I think it's about that. three or four years old. I've stopped playing Madden since Calvin was on the cover last time. I've – Bought it last year, and all the people that I normally play in a league with, Fiametta, um, they uh, stopped playing. I never took it out of the wrapper. It's still sitting on top of my Xbox in the wrapper. Wasted 60 bucks. Fiametta? Fiametta? That air, goon. We'll figure it out. We'll get onto it. Either way, very divisive subject. Um, we did a News 12 Facebook last night, and when we brought it up, we had more views than we had had in six months. We had more comments than we had had then. And yeah, the way- and I read some of the comments, Robin. You had a bunch of people saying that they should be entitled to kneel for the flag. It, 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 uh, and the last time we had that many was when we were also talking roles? about the flag. It's crazy. People, it's a, it's a hot topic. And there are people saying that, hey, I'm not going uh, to watch if they show it on TV. You're damn right they're going to show it on TV. These networks are going to make a huge spectacle of this. These are the same people that don't want under God in the Pledge of Allegiance. Oh, don't get me started about that. You can't even say the Pledge of Allegiance in some schools now. I know. You can't. Disgusting. This whole country, since I was a kid, to, and I'm not 80 years old, I am in my 30s, Snowflakes. has completely changed. It's and I just can't over. imagine how much more it's going to change between now and the time my daughter's 30. What are they going to, are they going to be able to say anything then? Anything at all? Are we going to be allowed to have a flag? I don't know. The uh, only other one you guys didn't mention that I see here is John Madden on the cover of the whole. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Doesn't know what. I would say he deserved to be on the cover. Yeah. Of his own, <laughs> of his own video. Now game. he was on the yeah. cover every year for the first X amount of yeah, years. I'd was. say six, seven, or eight yep. years. Yeah. I mean, because it, you know, EA Sports didn't used to have that white background, so he used to have it, and you like the blue, and you could see all the little plays behind yes. it. Then they went to the slate white with his face, and I mean, it might have been ten years where he was on the cover before they started putting some of the football players in the cover. I guess you could look that up and we can figure it out. Either but, way, the Terrell Owens thing is ridiculous. And he was teasing some sort of comeback. And there were people thinking he was going to come back. But he's still in good shape. XFL? That's great. Bring him back. <laughs> John Let him Diller. do sit-ups in the, in the parking lot of your favorite team yeah. stadium. Unfortunately, it wasn't him crying, saying, that's my teammate, that's my quarterback. That's yeah. the cover. He uh, should have. He should have been crying, Vinny, saying, that's my cover. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that quarterback of his never won a thing, um, and T.O., uh, he was a giant killer, but in the end, he never won anything either. He was a good player, too. Very good player. Yeah. Hall of Famer. Worthy of the Hall of Famer. Terrible attitude. Very selfish player. But... He's part of that group that brought in this whole new mentality to be a wide receiver, the me, 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 me wide receiver mentality. So, Jamel was in the cover for the first 16 years. Yeah, I was going to – I said 10. It was a lot more than a that. A few of them he shared with other players, but 16 years he was on the cover. As he should be. And you know what? They really want to do a Hall of Fame edition? Put them back on the cover one year. Why don't you actually put the guy whose name is on the game on the cover one year? They just year? did. 
When? Goon just said it. They just did it. 2007 it was. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, 11 years ago? That was the last time they did it. Put him on there. I don't need CTO. I don't really care either, though. Not going to keep me from buying the game. Seven minutes left in the show, guys. Um, cover all the four sports. Uh, WWE. They need to really pick it up because they got a billion-dollar deal from Fox to air SmackDown. Five years, $200 million a year. SmackDown's moving to Friday. It means you won't be watching anymore. But I do believe that when you pay that money, that it means that the show is going to have to be better. They're going to have to have Rousey on the show. They're going to have to have, you know, Cena or some of the bigger stars, Braun Strowman, whoever it is that they're marketing, Brock Lesnar on that show. Fox is not paying a billion dollars to get uh, Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles, and Nakamura every single week rotating who's in the main event. Uh, yeah, it's definitely a big deal. They definitely got to make it better. Uh, I heard it actually from you, Rob, that it might go three hours. Yep. But um, it, it's just a, it's a dry spell with WWE. It always is until uh, SummerSlam after WrestleMania. You got uh, a fun month after. It's supposed to be a big pay-per-view money in the bank. I couldn't tell you anything that's going on. I've I, I stopped watching. I lose interest pretty quick when uh, after WrestleMania time. They've been dropping the ball with some of these storylines. I know you guys went it's to the Raw. What's the Styles and Nakamura for the, the third right, time? Right, for the, like the third time after they – once you have a WrestleMania match – that should be the end of the feud. Right. It should not be the beginning of another series of matches. Um, and that's what I didn't like about that. They, they do this all the time. They, and, they don't start fresh until the summer slam. And they have so much talent that they can do so much with. I love the Drew McIntyre look. And the Drew McIntyre, he's got everything. He's got the look. He's good on the mic. And he, you know, he's great in the ring. But what are they doing? You know, they're sticking him in these little tag team matches, these little bitch tag team matches. Bobby Lashley, they're having him with three transvestite sisters in the ring, pretending that they were his sisters in a, in a thing with Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn, who's a great technical wrestler, would get his ass kicked by Lashley every day of the week in any type of fight. He's got to bring in transvestites to move this feud. That, it's just terrible that writing. That sucks because both those guys suck. They both suck. Lashley's never done it for me. I know he's a big star in the past, but the, his big claim to fame was that he helped Donald Trump beat Vince McMahon. That's it. At WrestleMania. And that was before we knew how big Trump was going to end up being. Go back to MMA because that guy's personality is uh, beyond vanilla. He sucks. Uh, no interest in him. His matches aren't that good. Just because he's a brick house doesn't make his matches good. And he has no mic skills. So I'm not, I've never been on board of Bobby Lashley coming back. There's one reason to watch SmackDown. It's Mandy Rose now. Uh, yeah, I mean, she's been awesome, but supposedly Big Cass is on crutches again. It might be his ACL. He's going to miss time. And they're talking every pay-per-view now is going to be four hours with WrestleMania being six. And and each of the big ones being five. Yes. So, I mean, they are really just milking whatever they can get out of that. They should really just do the four main pay-per-views because they're the only ones that matter anyway. That was the way that they used to be, but at that point, then they're going to lose a ton of subscribers. Uh, yeah. The WWE Network, one of the big things is, is that instead of paying $55 a month for the pay-per-view, you get a pay-per-view every month for 10 bucks. Right. And you get all the edits, content, whatever you want. You That's can go back and watch all the stuff. Point, yeah. right. So they, and they have almost two and a half million subscribers. So think of that. Two and a half million subscribers that give $10 a month. They're making 25 million a month just on the WWE Network. And now they got a hundred, uh, you know, they got a billion dollars. Plus, if it was better, you wouldn't complain that it's every month. It, it, the product is not good right now either. That's it's true. terrible. It's, it's hard for us to go five minutes talking about it. And speaking of MMA, there's a pay-per-view tonight, I believe. And uh, you have uh, 
Romero facing Whitaker in what should be a pretty good I match. I think it's tomorrow, actually. I think they bumped it back for because uh, of Memorial Day weekend. Did they really? I think they did. Did. Apparently, it's a pretty good uh, it would make sense. Pretty good card. Yeah. yeah, you have uh, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson's fighting. and It's a pretty good card. Did you guys tomorrow. hear about Nate Diaz? No. Yeah, yeah, getting arrested for uh, strangulation. Strangulation, uh, domestic uh, battery. Yeah. Um, I don't know if this is a Conor McGregor uh, ploy here on this one, Mike. It seems a little more severe. Yeah, strangulation uh, is one of the newer charges that they added. Goon can attest to that uh, as a, a new separate charge. But um, listen, you haven't seen now. You haven't really seen this, Vinny, in MMA. Uh, you know, domestic abuse. You've seen it in other sports. Is there a suspension that's going to follow? You would think there has to be. Just because of sponsorships, there has to be some sort of penalty now, and, and we'll see what happens. So. And that's, that's the hot thing. Everybody needs to know how they're going to handle domestic abuse ever since uh, Roger Goodell once again drops the ball. Ray Rice, that's always been the thing. Oh, my God, there's not enough severe penalty, blah, blah, blah. You hear the outcry, and uh, I'm sure Dana White will do it right. But, I mean, this guy wasn't fighting. He refused to fight since Conor McGregor. He said he only wants to fight McGregor, and um, – it hasn't happened, obviously, but uh, apparently Dana White and uh, McGregor are in talks to get that Khabib fight to go down. Nice. If that goes down, what do you think the odds are going to be on that fight? Because I have will, early odds for you. Khabib will be a favorite. I have no idea. I think Khabib's going to be the favorite, but he's going to be close. He is the favorite, but by how much? Uh, not much. I mean... So Romero Whitaker is June 9th. I apologize. That... Was me well, reading the bed. Was also June 9th. Yep. Uh, yeah, yeah. So the card the tomorrow is not that yeah. good. June 9th against Mike Jackson in Chicago. In that, Chi Town. Yeah. So that's the same day as the Belmont going for the Triple Crown, and then that night we can have CM Punk. Not that we're new Seiko de Mayo weekend there. But back to the uh, McGregor fight, he would be a plus 165 underdog, and Khabib would be uh, slightly over 200 as a favorite. I would hammer Khabib. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a long time since McGregor in the octagon. Yep. And Khabib is the real deal. Khabib's, uh, yeah, you don't want to mess hey, around with that guy. Boy, Bears, dreams. <laughs> real quick. That sounds a lot right there. CM Punk odds, guys. He is plus 180, uh, and his opponent is minus 220. Minus now, 220 hammer. You have to hammer <laughs> that 220, but in the back of your mind, in Chicago, uh, you know it's better for the no. UFC if CM Punk were to win. This is not WWE. <laughs> this, is not, this is not scripted, but in the back of your mind, keep it there. I think Phil Brooks gets his, gets his ass lit up again. CM Punk last. This will be his last UFC fight. Maybe he can save WWE. He got destroyed by Mickey Gall. Joe Rogan is furious that CM Punk is even on the main card. Well, that shows you. Furious. Punk's name is still big enough to sell tickets. He should be in a pre-pre-show they put on the the fight. When he fought Mickey Gall, it was a horrible card. I ordered it just because CM Punk was fighting. I will only watch because of CM Punk, and I am one of millions, or hundreds of thousands of those are the same. So he absolutely should be on the main card just for that reason. And he will have the crowd behind crowd, and they will all see him get his ass beat again. Hammer that 200. Don't be shy. Double his money. CM Punk is definitely moves the needle enough to be on the main card. Oh, I don't know about that. He's got three million followers Can on Twitter. Get out of the first round. Who cares? People will watch to see him get his ass kicked. Just be out of curiosity. Right. So because I'm, it's probably his last fight ever. I'm not uh, as familiar with uh, Cody Rhodes is doing this all-in thing. Maybe you know better than I do, Rob. Uh, you know, with wrestling and uh, his old old you know wrestlers coming for a signing, and he's trying to make his uh, his own thing. And CM Punk is there doing signings and actually has agreed to stay even longer than contractually obligated to sign for more autographs. So who knows? Maybe he's setting himself up to go back into the wrestling world when he gets his ass kicked. 
Well, uh, a better question. How much is he getting paid? Because this guy hasn't been making too much money. He had one UFC fight since leaving WWE. He doesn't do a lot of sponsorship stuff. And what do you think he's going to get paid if he goes back to WWE? Uh, fortunes. He exactly. can write his own check. Yep. Um, but he's not the kind of guy that's easily going to give in. He's kind of guy that's going to be very stubborn, and he I don't is, think he's ever going to give in and want to. He is the top in. of the mountain of stubbornness, and that's why I don't think he'll ever come back. Um, he'll be back. He'd have to be in desperate financial but, need. But Mike, that. you you brought up a good point, and we should go anyway. But um, Goon said, you know, he should be on the card. You know, do they really care? That signing sold out within five minutes for CM Punk alone. Five minutes sold out, and then he came out and he said, "Listen, I will stay for as many people as I can." So now they sold tickets that are half price to sign him. That gives you a chance to see him. If you don't get to see him, you'll get your money back. But he said he will do everything to stay yep. for every single person on that line. Not making it. I'm not saying it to say he's a good guy. I'm just trying to say his personality and how um no, popularity, not personality. Cult personality. <laughs> and no, he, I understand the popularity thing 100. But I was just saying a fight standpoint. That's not, fine. But not I'm not part. the MMA fan that watches unless there's a big name. And he, to me, is a big enough name to move the needle to get me to watch. I think you're both right. I think he doesn't deserve to be on the card, but UFC is going to make money by putting him on the card. So I don't think either of you are wrong in this situation. All right, final thoughts real quick for Facebook? No, I don't have any. No, I'm good. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you got the other one? I guess. Let's good night, Monday night. Have a great holiday weekend. Enjoy the Game 6s, Game 7s, and uh, Game 1 of the Stanley Cup Finals we will talk about on Monday night as we get ready for that. So enjoy the great weather, finally, and we'll talk to you guys on episode 91 for John Tavares on Monday night. Over the top Good night, of- everybody. Check out our website, www.overthetopsportshow.com. Also, follow us on Twitter at OverTheTopSportNoS and on Instagram at OverTheTopSportsShow.